Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Frasier Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we're covering Season 10, Episode 23, Analyzed Kiss, Part 1, which originally aired on May 13th, 2003. Is this going to resolve our multi-episode arc, or are we stuck in this storyline? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, our resident upside-downer, Tryon Sinsone. Curtis, I'm ready for a real analyzed miss tonight, and I'm excited to be here. Also with us today is our gun nut, Bradley Kirkston. What up, Hoobies? This is gun, Bradley Kirkston, and I'm ready to give you a great nut. Did you call us a hoobie? What are you talking about? Why did you make it Canadian when it was like Philly before? What's, what's happening with your accent? Well, we'll see throughout the night how the accent evolves. Um, this is the regular Bradley accent. Um, Which one? We'll Wait, do regular Brad? This is regular Brad. Do gun nut Brad? This is gun nut Brad. Do Canadian gun nut Brad? That's a new voice. This is Canadian gun nut Brad. Oh, two are talking about. <laughs> that was, that was uh, again, uh, the Swedish shot from the Muppets. <laughs> you really climbed the scale when you realized you weren't doing Canadian. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but I like the intro. Thank you for calling me a gun nut. That's not something that I get caught often. Can you not yawn in the middle of your own sentence? <laughs> I did not. It was more embarrassing. I burped. Okay. I was going to say it was definitely a burp, but yeah. it kind of you I, to call it a yawn. It, yeah, that was really nice of you, actually, Ryan. That was less embarrassing. So, Brad, you've said before you're not a gun nut. So why are you, why are you thanking Curtis for this? Okay, first off, no Brad's on the show. Second off, I'm Sorry, pretty BK. confident. I, I don't 100% know. I'm pretty sure I've shot guns more times than both of you, but I'm not 100% Ooh, sure. I don't know. I got, a, I got a wife from the country. True. That's why I wasn't sure. I shot a gun four times. I think I've—I don't know. I actually think I've only shot a gun twice. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Are we talking about different guns? Yeah, Are we talking I, about sessions. Um, four different times. The first time I was actually eight years old, I shot a rifle. That's a mystery. You're probably more responsible as an eight-year-old than you are now. Way though. more responsible. Yeah. He had respect for authority, but still, yeah, Andy had eyesight. Yeah. Did you have respect for authority? Um, I wouldn't say that. Expand. <laughs> I mean, I you know you know me like I. Uh, I don't I, know. I don't know eight year old Brad. Well, yeah, I mean, I think eight year old Brad. I think I questioned a lot of things and that annoyed people. But I just have a lot of questions and I talk a lot. Yeah, so. but like you're not. You don't mean like you asked why a lot. <laughs> you mean you you asked non sequitur questions that had nothing to do with the conversation. No, 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 no. You I just drove people crazy. Who is the boss, officer? No, I didn't ask why questions. I, I'm more obnoxious than that. I asked yeah, how so how so. question how questions, like how are you in power? Or oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how did you get that badge? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that is obnoxious. Of, <laughs> yeah, you know me. I go from zero to sixty in ten seconds. I could be the nicest person or the rudest asshole you've ever met very quickly. Can you be the nicest person? Can we? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I can be the fakest person you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that one. Thank you. Thank you for that credit. All right, can you do the Swedish chef uh, disrespecting authority? Sporkin, borkin, forkin, sorkin. Borkin, 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 shrugin. Actually, what? Yeah, that was actually pretty good. Yeah, that, that was one of yeah. his best impressions of all time. Yeah. Mostly because was... he was just doing himself. Wait, did you actually try to say anything, or were you just doing your Swedish chef? <laughs> I said, this is my impression of the Swedish chef. No, I wanted you to, like, question authority as the Swedish chef. Oh, okay. Smorgen, Borgen, Forgen, Lorgen. Bergen, Borgen, Smorgen, Morgen. All right. You know what? What did you say that time? Don't tell me how to do my job. I'll tell you how to do your job. Curtis, I think we, we're going to talk Frasier tonight, but how about instead we just we just work on this pilot? Spoiler alert, this is not the only pilot we're here to discuss tonight, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what this... I've lost the thread on this one. So the Swedish chef gets a job in Baltimore City. No, wait. No, he doesn't. He's a rebel rouser in Baltimore City. And then the cops go to arrest him for rebel rousing, and instead he Swedish chefs his way out of it. Because he's a loser. What if we do a a frame by frame, scene by scene, like complete recreation of the wire? But the only change we make at all is we replace uh, Stringer Bell with uh, Brad as the Swedish chef. <laughs> I don't want to be Stringer Bell. Are you 
it was your Swedish chef. Omar? Oh, I would be a great Omar. Give you a walk through the garden. This here, it's about something else. Girl by the name of Tasha got her head blown off in a firefight. Schmorgen, Borgen, Forgen, Lorgen. If you're not here to cooperate, then why are you here? Borgen, Borgen, Sorgen, Lorgen. Okay, I could just pull up that other girl from your squad. Schmorgen, Borgen, Forgen, Sorgen. Ain't no thing. Because I already got me an eyeball wit. Borgen, Borgen, Lorgen, Sorgen. Bullshit, boy. No victim. I just came from Tasha's people, remember? All this death, you don't think that ripples out? You don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Sporkin, Bergen, Forkin, Sorgen. Rough as that neighborhood could be, we had us a community. And now all we got is bodies and predatory motherfuckers like you. And out where that girl fell, I saw kids acting like... Bradley Kirkston. Calling you by name, glorifying your ass. Makes me sick, motherfucker, how far we done fell. Yeah, I mean, he whistles a lot, so you'd be okay. I don't know how to whistle. Whoa, what, really? this is the what? first time I've ever heard this. Yeah, is this a joke? Are you are you the Swedish chef who can't whistle, or are you Brad Kay who can't whistle at the ripe old age of 34? I'm Bradley Joaquin Kirkston. <laughs> um, 34 is just a number. Um, and A number girl- that determines how old you are. We don't usually use that phrase to explain why you haven't learned how to whistle. We usually are like, oh, that means you're in your golden years, but you can still go out and have fun. I, I don't think uh, 34 is your golden years, but maybe for me it is. Um, but <laughs> so, for the world's right. sake. Curtis, new plan. We're going to clear the board. We're going to teach Brad to whistle over the phone. You just purse your lips together and blow, right? Isn't that the thing? <laughs> no, uh, purse your lips tighter, Brad. It sounds like my duck call. Make an O, make an O with your lip, like really small O, and then I don't know how to, to slide your bottom lip back and then blow. Put through the top of your mouth. Stop spitting. I'm hearing perfect, uh, a perfect whistle. Don't put your tongue forward. Just keep um, it back. Keep, when, keep it perched back. It's not we, going anywhere. When we hear this episode. Curtis will make it sound like I'm whistling perfectly. So it's all good. Curtis, why don't we start in the, the podcast? Yeah, let's do this. We open with a blinking red light on the Space Needle. Instead of counseling a caller in desperate need of psychiatric help, Fraser rudely eavesdrops on Roz's private call. She landed a job interview and immediately informs all of her bosses. Julia proves again to be the consummate professional of this office. Silver letters. Silver letters. Okay, way bigger deal. We are at work twice in a row. I don't think this yeah. has ever happened. Do you guys think this whole season happens in the office? How crazy would that be? I, I, I literally can't make a comment on that. But what I want to say is this is a very work-centric plot, the whole thing. So it, it makes sense that we're in the office a lot. So, so Roz, like, it was really funny when she picked up the call. Clearly, I knew it was going to end up being on live TV, on live radio. Like that was obvious that that was they were leading up to that. That her getting the talking about well, the job. Was it happens. It happens radio. very quick. You don't have like a lot of time, right? Oh, I knew. I saw it coming. It, this is going to be a common theme. I felt like there was a lot of sitcom tropes in this episode, but yes. Well, I didn't think about it until you just said that. But this is the second episode in a row that Roz gets her voice on the air inappropriately and completely accidentally. Yeah, it was almost like the writers planned it that way did she oh sorry i don't i didn't track this as good i guess did she she actually was talking on the air or so he because she was distracted by a phone call she can't pipe in the uh phone calls like she normally would so fraser is just grabbing lines willy-nilly right. and he decides to grab line four and it turns out that's the line she is using to talk to the potential interview oh i missed that that's funny you do not watch the show do you <laughs> You give me There's a hard lot. time. You give me a hard time for every little thing. You don't even know we're recording right now. Well, I was distracted because I didn't. Uh, to, in my defense, I didn't think Fraser could work the phone. I thought that was a very unrealistic scenario, and okay. he did it very easily. He screwed it up. I mean, he didn't screw it up. If, if he, how was he supposed to? Know, I guess how was he supposed to know that she was on line four? Yeah, that's fair. He was very confident with his button push. This was a guy who couldn't hang up his own cell phone. But you're telling me he can work his office weird. Multi-call, whatever that system's called. 
I don't believe it. I don't believe Do we think it's possible second. that his his uh, radio show has got enough people, not just listening, but calling in that he's got four or more lines? Ryan, <laughs> why are you so judgmental of everyone else's ability with technology? Me, Frazier, <laughs> who's next? You're so judgmental when it comes to people's technology ability. I'd call Curtis. I would call Curtis out in a second. Also, he's really bad at technology. Yes. <laughs> Name three ways later. Do that later. I don't think they would do this now. They really make fun of the caller. Like the writers really make fun of the caller who calls, who's clearly in very much psychological needs. Uh, and they just laugh it off. Like it's a, a, like it's a sitcom joke. I don't think this is going to be the first time we have to deal with this or the last time we have to deal with this. No, definitely not. Uh, I, and we'll, we'll get to it at the end of the scene. I actually love the joke that they pull at the end, but. Well, I will say, I think it's, it's ridiculous that not only is he blowing off this clearly somebody who needs help, but he says to him, like, stay on the line. Somebody will be there to give you like expert referrals. And he knows the only person who's going to do that is on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cold. I actually didn't think of that. Yeah. That is, that's interesting. Like they probably do have a way to get people actual help when they're not just good for radio. And that guy d- did not get it. Kenny was barely in the scene, but he had such a funny comment. Another great show, Doc. Did you even listen? You don't have to eat every Big Mac to know it's a delicious hamburger sandwich. <laughs> which, which is crazy. <laughs> because presumably someone else at McDonald's is ordering a Big Mac. In his mind, he's like, well, I could just take it. Just to make sure it's delicious. It's absolutely an insane metaphor. Correct. But it also sums up Kenny. Well, it's, it's we've cemented the fact that he's a very bad program manager. Yeah, for sure. I'm not really sure how he even got the job. I assume we're not going to find out because there's no way you're going to prove that this guy is capable and then do all of the stuff he does in the little time we've seen of him. Like we're talking like 10 total minutes of screen time. Exactly. I don't believe that he would pass on a Big Mac though. So I actually thought that was also a pretty unrealistic metaphor he dropped. It is funny that next next season we get a, uh, a moment in that same office. I think it's in the same room where they have all of the McDonald's laid out. Correct. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. And I really like... I knew Julia was going to be back on this episode, but I kind of forgot about her all at the same time. And, and then she just kind of appears. Guys, this, this the plot continues with us. I This Julia arc may never end. Yeah, it's clear. I mean, at least I don't, I don't know this for sure. I really don't. It's I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Julia. It would be weird if this was her first episode. It would be super weird if this was her first. It seems yeah. like she's entrenched. Like, we've got at least three or four more eps of her now. Yeah. It's exhausting. And also, like, I have no idea who Avery was, and that was surprising for me. I don't remember this Avery character, so I'm excited to see if we actually meet them. You okay? You have to you mean, maybe tag a spoiler there. No, it's the same as you. It's it would be no different than you <laughs> saying you're excited to see them. I'm excited too. I don't know. Clearly, it wasn't a multi-episode arc kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say we we learned some interesting new information about Julia that she had a boyfriend leading right up until she started dating Fraser, but also that uh, they broke up because he wouldn't leave his wife. <laughs> they continue to just make Julia seem like the worst person ever. Like they're well, not so actually, to I, I thought that was really interesting because we, we now have monster Julia again. I think we've got two different Julias. Like I, I will say it is not consistent how they have, um, how they've portrayed her. Vi- very inconsistent. I yeah. say two, two episodes. She's just like the worst human we've seen. And then two episodes. She seems like a normal human that it makes sense why he would pursue her. This was, we're back to crazy. Julia. We get a lot of examples of everybody working at KACL being obnoxious and inappropriate and unprofessional. But Julia, when she finds out Roz has a, a job interview, all she is, is like, like, Oh, good for you. Congratulations. Like professional and succinct. And Roz is almost yelling at her, uh, demanding she be accused of being a slut. Like, it's just like <laughs> what, the, what the hell conditioning is going on at that radio station? That that is the expected response to, I've got a job interview. Yeah, they, have, they had another weird banter this time. Like, it's t- tough to get it. Like, we, clearly, we're going to see Julia Roz again. And you have to assume that one's going to be like a very mean interaction, much like last episode. Well, th- this this is not the episode where she blows up at Fraser, right? Like we already saw the episode where she's right. like, so angry at Julia that she blows up at him. But I would argue her reaction to Julia in this scene was way more aggressive and insane and just 
wild than anything we got in the last episode. I, I will say, I know this is only scene one. I, I can say this, but like, there's nothing in this episode that would lead to Roz hating her as much in the next episode. No, they are they already hate each other. Like, they're yeah, clearly, clearly some weird clearly. energy at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're getting some sort of something to be saying. It would be hilarious if Julia's not in the next episode or the previous episode. We we know that we know there's a chance she won't be. We know that with like it it is weird. Like Ronnie was a main character ish of last season, and we saw her six times sporadically. So it, yeah. it's very in play that we don't see Julia for like a couple episodes. Well, not to jump ahead, but I was surprised at one point they they mention. Daphne's mom and I thought for sure this is going to be another case where they mention her but don't show her but then she shows up later so weird yeah the the pacing is just crazy well the other thing is this is now two episodes in a row where there's eight seeds eight very short seeds like it's yeah. weird yeah so at, at the end Julia takes a shot at how what Frazier's doing is is not actually helping people and he goes People call in with very serious problems all the time. And then uh, I think Roz pops back in the door and goes, Boyle helmet guy says his dog needs to speak to you. The way that she phrases it frames it very clearly that it's not a problem he should be solving over the air. Four episodes from now, she tears into how what Fraser's doing is a joke. And like at the time, it was like, oh, how could she say that? It's like, oh, she says it at work. So of course she's going to say it in his apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The coffee shop is full because Daphne's abrasive mum isn't working today, which would scare them off. Frazier offers to help Julia get her files back from her ex, the bastard accountant. They are really shitting on accountants in this scene. I had wait, I had this problem last episode, but I it took me a second to recognize Daph. Whoa, what? Yeah, she she looked a little different. Again, I'm I think her hair might pregnant, be Daphne. Her hair her hair is definitely different. They also like again early 2000s, they really made her seem frumpy in season 11 when she was pregnant. Like, oh, this stereotypical sitcom pregnant person, where now they're trying to like make her seem like who she actually is. So I think that's part of it. Yeah, there's there's, there's going to be an adjustment period. It's fine. Just took a second. So Frazier tells his horrible joke, and then Daphne comes in and just smacks him down with a, a nice little stinger. Yeah. I we don't we don't get much interaction with them in the, in the previous season, so this was nice for me. Well, and they're commenting on the idea that uh, the the coffee shop is really full because the her mom isn't working that day, yeah. and everybody wants to go there when she's not around. I did not personally think it looked that much more like there weren't more extras than they normally have. I don't think no, did it seem more full to you. Nope, I, I had the same thought. I was like, I thought there's maybe like two more people. It was not substantial. I think the line, I think the actual line to get a coffee might have been longer, but like the number of people seemed about the same. Yeah, but you got to think how many people are back looking for that alternate newspaper, trying to get those show times. <laughs> <laughs> I found it very weird that Fraser has an accountant. Bastard accountant. Didn't didn't I, meet I him thought, at all last season. No, no, you thought it was weird. I didn't think it was weird. He clearly uh-huh. has a lot of money, and he clearly buys. Well, we're gonna get into it later, actually. I think it's normal that he has an accountant. I think it's even more normal that his accountant is a bastard. That seems to jive. First off, I have an accountant. I don't even get paid in money. I get paid in holla bread that I have an accountant. Like, it's not that crazy. Do, do you? I do. <laughs> Why? What, do you guys want to know the real reason? Yes. Actually, obviously, it's, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's because of the gambling and the casino. So I don't have to like, because <laughs> there's tax implications some years. About how much you can get back from your losings? Uh, no. So last year I won almost too much and I had to like change how I file. Great. I wish this was a joke. Really did. I f- okay. So this, so for this scene, didn't see the fact that she, I guess, is in the accounting department coming. Very surprised to learn that info. No, no, no. I, I think Ryan, the point is she said, they said earlier that she's the like financial reporter. Correspondent or whatever. Correspondent. Yeah. So that's what I think they were referring to. She made a program that she stole from, I mean, we'll get into it, but like. Yeah, because she's the financial reporter. Yeah. she. They do imply that she's some kind of uh, either financial and or software genius in this yeah, episode. Me too. But yeah, she basically, it's not a, an accounting thing, really. Although she apparently was partnering with a bastard accountant. Yeah. It's really about forecasting what's going to be, what's going to like grow, I think, was what she was saying. Mm. Like in the stock market, more financial than accounting. You don't know the difference between those two words, do you, buddy? Oh, I fell asleep mid, uh, mid-sentence. mid No idea what you're saying. Mm. How about Julia yelling about a man's panties in the middle of a restaurant? Well, I should have expected as much from a man who wears leopard print bikini briefs. <laughs> Avery McManus wears shiny acetate man panties. Frazier, weirdly decent, trying to calm Julia down. Yeah, but uh, she makes the best move she's made. We've seen her make 
in her entire run so far, which is as he is uh, talking about how he thinks she's vulnerable, she just gets up and walks away from him. <laughs> was a good move. I, I was trying to figure out at this point, I think Frazier's already into her, but that's unclear. Like, clearly we see the kiss in the next couple se- scenes, but uh, like it seemed like he, he was interested in, in her here. So it'll be interesting to see if we see that in previous episodes. We know he likes girls that are in a relationship. True. We get our first title card, The Bang Gang. Niles has taken Marty to the shooting range. A group of friendly, salt-of-the-earth, target practice enthusiasts teach Niles how to shoot. It was very clear that Niles, even though he was saying, no, I'm not going to shoot, that he was going to shoot. I'm sorry, is that your Niles impression today? <laughs> and two, Back to Philly? And, I think that was California, Niles. Can you do that again? I don't even know what I said, bro. You never know. That was kind of California again, though. Nah, what I was trying to say, yo, is... I kind of like California, Brad. I think we should keep him. Is Niles... First off, I, as I've said on the show, I've shot a gun before. Never have I shot a gun in a full-out suit. If I'm going to shoot a gun again, I hope I'm fully suited. I mean, that's James Bond 101. My nope. very serious question is, why does Marty want to go to the shooting range? Why doesn't he just shoot off into a dumpster? Well, good uh, question. Good, good really question. good question. Really? Because the show's not consistent, that's why. No, um, he said he only wants to go to the range twice a year. We don't know how often he wants to shoot off into dumpsters. That's actually, true. That's actually squeeze one off into the dumpster. Curtain. That's why That's why later when, when Niles wants to go back to the shooting range, he's like, oh, no, I only do that like once or twice a year. Most of the time, I'd rather just be in the back alley by the dumpster. Could we just get a dumpster? Like, I would do a dumpster. Do you know how expensive that shooting range is? I'm not paying for that every every two weeks. And where was the dumpster? It was just targets. Did you know? Well, we didn't really see them, so maybe it was a dumpster. He um, pulls up the target. We do see the target. Oh, oops, you're right. Um, did you notice that every time Niall shot his gun, he did this weird like head pop thing? Oh, oh my god, it was so funny. It yeah, was well, the best yeah. part of the episode. Yeah. What would you call that? So that's him relaxing because they, they, they give him instructions yeah. about how to shoot the gun. And one of the things they say is like, relax your body or like relax. And right. his why, way of relaxing he... as he's going through the steps is to just tilt his head to the side. Why does he only relax to the right side? <laughs> no, he does the other side. At one point, he, he, he's, once he starts really shooting uh, a lot, he starts like oscillating from side to side. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> it is hard to describe in an audio podcast why... If you haven't seen the episode, why Niles tilting his head is funny, but it's fucking hilarious. It is very funny. So good. I would recommend I would recommend going to Paramount Plus, Hulu, anywhere where you watch this episode and checking that out. Great. I recommend you go to your local Goodwill and find a DVD box set of season ten. Or just go find a dumpster, shoot into it, and see how you relax. I, I love how easily Niles goes from like, I would never shoot a gun. That's not for me. And then some old guy's just like, here. I'm going to grab you and pretty much make you shoot a gun. He's like, oh, well, in that case, I will shoot. Very quickly melts. With Niles, they easily could have played this as he was scared, like he was intimidated by them and was was intimidated into doing what they said. But they definitely played the opposite, where he's just lulled into a sense of, of comfort with them. They seem very friendly and and he can trust them, which is great for the payoff later. True. I do love that he has a natural good shot. It's too bad that doesn't pay off at all. Yeah. Well, you say that, but later when the gun does appear again, isn't he the one that accidentally shoots the thing? He doesn't catch it. I don't know if that counts as him accidentally shooting. Mm, okay. I Maybe I misremembered that. Oh, Marty tosses a banana. Wait, how does that gun go off? I don't remember. <laughs> you can catch a banana. <laughs> well, oh, well. <laughs> Julia breaks into Bastard Accountant's office to steal back her files, and Fraser tags along as an accomplice. When a cleaning woman comes, they hide in the closet and share a kiss. She finishes the mission and knocks everything off the desks for extra spite. Three fifty for parking. Thank you. Thank you. Parking. This is the scene where it's like, is Fraser rich or is he not that rich? I think I. You know what? I think it is that he's rich, but I think he's one of those people, like his brother Niles, that is so big on principle if they feel like something is wrong they can't let it go i did the math i went to an inflation calculator in today's dollars this would be five dollars 91 cents for parking presumably in downtown seattle i yeah now the real price is probably fifty dollars well wait so this is not event parking though presumably this is off hours parking probably could have just parked on the street even if he is just if he's parking in a garage in downtown seattle non-event i I don't think it'd be surprising if he paid ten dollars for that today 
That doesn't seem out of line. I don't know. I've never actually parked in Seattle, but it seems reasonable. It's a weirdly parkable city. Probably oh, really? The, yeah. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe he was justified in complaining about $3.50. No, they could have just parked outside the building. Well, he did. He ended up finding street parking, right? That's why it took him a long time. No, oh, I thought yeah. he complained about the money because he had to... He was out the three fifty. I think he couldn't couldn't find the street parking. I think that's what happened. Oh, okay, that actually makes sense. Okay, man, that crime escalated fucking quickly. That went from being a whatever crime to like, oh, we are hacking into a computer. Correct. Well, yeah, this show often has a laugh track that's a little overbearing. Sometimes they laugh at things that don't quite make sense why it's supposed to be funny. But I thought there was an understated laugh in this in this scene. She says, "It's the cleaning woman." I thought so. I've hidden from her before. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. And the laugh track just kind of mutters. I think because they're supposed to be in a closet and they're supposed to be quiet, the laugh is also quiet. But I thought that was funny. <laughs> I like that you're judging the laugh track. No one, no one has ever said the phrase, it's an understated laugh track. <laughs> Look, you're, that's fair. But I'm just saying. Like, I it, just it, wish it, I knew how to think louder. I've noticed so often, and we've commented a few times about how the laugh track doesn't always make sense, and sometimes it's overbearing. But in this scene, it's so quiet, and it was genuinely funny. Why you know did what? you notice we it? Are, we are three people that can't even remember important jokes or lines, but the laugh track, we really pay attention to that. Uh, this is why people subscribe. <laughs> the cleaning lady could... Uh, this is another one of those, like, they're not whispering very, very softly. The cleaning lady can just hear everything they're whispering, right? You got to remember, it's Fraser Walls. These are. I know it's. This is a, I know it's Fraser Walls. I, I thought we were jumping into a powder room. I got really excited, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's a fucking closet." I, I really also think that they could have just walked out, even with the cleaning lady, and just like paid her off, or just like talked to her about not saying. Do you, do you think that the off-hours cleaning lady knows whose office that is? Not at all. That was my other thought. Like they probably could have just got away with it, and no one would have noticed. Yeah, hundred percent. Or just walk out and be like. Well, we were just making out in here, cleaning lady. Yeah. We're going to we're going to leave now. Unless it's that guy coming back to his office, in which case he probably isn't fumbling around for the keys. You don't really have to go into the the closet in the first place. Correct. I yeah, the whole thing made no sense. But they make out with each other. No, she kisses him. Sorry. She kissed Dr. Fraser Crane. In a weird mo in, in a series of what will be a series of weird kisses. Correct. <laughs> this one, this one made no sense. Well, and he, it, it is, it is funny later when he, when he asked her, what was that kiss about? And she's like, I was just trying to shut you up. And he's like, no, no, I've, I've had people shut me up with a kiss before. This is not that. Which we'll get to that scene. That was the scene. No, no, no. They talk about it. They talk about it later. They don't talk about it in that scene. Yeah, agreed. He, instead, he does that weird hand thing. Do you guys do that when you get kissed? Yes. Hand he, thing. He like puts his hand in front of his lips and I don't know. What he, oh. he does. He like like he's savoring. It. I don't know what's happening. It's, like he's remembering the kiss by touching his lips. It's so fucking weird. And he does it a couple of times. It's just like, what what is that reaction? He doesn't do that any other kiss we've seen in the show either. Like it's not the last time we see him get kissed. And he doesn't do this hand thing outside of this episode. Well, has he been surprised by a kiss before though? I just I, imagine well, Preacher surprised by a kiss no matter what how it's planned. I guess <laughs> I guess. He Even should if you're be. surprised. Why is that his reaction? What is he doing? I do agree with Frazier, though. He he comes out of the closet and questions it. He's like, what What was that? Very she, fair reaction. She doesn't want to talk about it at that point. She just Well, because she's still, she's still breaking into her co-worker's office, so yeah, fair. She, and she, she just wanted to throw everything off the desk. Which I did like. Does that make you feel better, Julia? Nope, but that does. Yeah. Roz fears she won't get the job when she realizes she slept with the interviewer. The infamous Woody Wiswell. Frazier gives her a pep talk, then tries again to win over Julia. Niles is a full-fledged gun nut. A lot of coffee shop action. In this I'm sorry, are we not going to hit on Woody Wiswell? We we called you, we put your your feet to the flames last episode about who the fuck is Woody Wiswell. We found out immediately, <laughs> like explicitly. Important question for Brad before before he talks about this. Were you trying to avoid spoilers by not giving away who Woody Wiswell is? You, you were afraid to reveal that he was in this episode. Were you being a good little boy? Or did you genuinely just not remember who the fuck he was? So I knew exactly who Woody Wiswell was. I was not... Oh, the, I, Normally I'd call I, you out, but man, they hit it over the head I, this time. <laughs> I, I don't... Yeah, I don't... Which, our, our whole thing was that's a ridiculous name. No. And apparently that was the joke the writers came up with too. That was I, their I, whole thing. I will be honest. The reason why I didn't talk about it more, it's really like 
for me, and this is a spoiler, I get confused on like when episodes happen because sometimes it's like right we were talking about earlier, it's like right away that jokes pay off. And it's other times it's like multiple episodes. So I couldn't remember if it was the previous one or what or when it's, it was. It's rare that IMDB pays off though. I you know what I can't say what I was gonna say without spoiling something, so I'm just gonna ignore it. You did great last episode. We're proud of you, but thank you. Thank you. So yeah, so dub a w Dub dub. Oh, losing okay. that pride. Uh, what am I trying? I'm trying to make a joke. I'm just not funny tonight. <laughs> you, you got you got to the worldwide and forgot about web. Uh, no, I was trying to make a joke. I was, I was trying to call Woody Wiswell WW, but it just wasn't funny. Great. It's just not, just not a structure of a joke. That was the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't you know, even have the cadence of a joke. <laughs> acronyms are always funny. Um, okay. So, so, all right. Roz is a slut. Okay, she did. I thought this was surprising. She she seemed to really take offense to that jab. She did, which is why which I said it makes no sense because Frazier's like the nicest to her as far as as far as like the interactions we see the rest of the next two episodes. It's weird that she's like pretend offended for a minute, and then man, he really jumps into the sentimental stuff early, which makes all of the next episodes super confusing again. Yeah, the, the, they hit that several times. like Really hard. All she has is an interview for the entire episode. <laughs> and in every single scene with her, it's a, a goodbye, which is it's a, a, it's, a congr- it's a congratulations and a goodbye. And the next episode, she's like, I had to stay. I was loyal to you. He's like, I kicked you out like 17 times this episode. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I kept trying to tell you to go and you just didn't get the hint. Yeah, a little inconsistent thing. Frazier is way more in the right for next episode based on this episode. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. I don't know why he's congratulating her so much. Can you imagine if if your boss found out you had an interview and their immediate reaction was, gonna miss you, go go away. It's not a, I will absolutely triple down and stay at this place after multiple quittings. I'll tell you that. Oh my. So this scene progresses quickly because Roz leaves and then Julia, of course, just walks right in for the 10 seconds she was in this scene. And she comes dressed like Jack Skellington, which is, it's never a good sign. Shit's going down when you're dressed like that. She does. And Frazier's way of flirting with women is to talk to them like they're patients. So you, you start seeing that in this scene. Expand. I don't know. The way he was talking to her was not how like a human being talks to a woman. He was definitely trying to kind of uh, therapy her a little bit. Yeah. No, he was I, doing a little. He had some ruminative perplexity. He was working through it himself. I'm sorry. Those are words you know? <laughs> That's what he said. Dad, if you had any perspicacity whatsoever, you would know that this expression is merely ruminative perplexity. It's very difficult to say. <laughs> That is his approach to talking to women. My approach to talking to women is just to bring up logistics. As you should know. be more. You need to be more ruminative. I think that would be that'd be good for you. Like, yeah, look if mysterious. you had rheumatoid arthritis, you'd, you'd get away <laughs> better with women, and you'd get a discount at all drug marts. So Julia quickly leaves because she's barely in the scene, and then um, yeah, I didn't. Even, what did she even do? I don't remember. <laughs> Got her coffee, talked to Fraser. Uh, Fraser gave her uh, medical advice because that's how he talks to women. Then she left. As soon as she left. Okay, okay. I just want to interrupt to say there are a lot of scenes in this episode where she shows up seemingly for no reason and leaves quickly. She's a oh, yeah. pop in and outer. She's not hanging around. I respect that. Niles and Marty come in. And Marty does something that I've never seen anyone do at a restaurant. It's clear that people are in line getting coffee and he just yells his order and then sits down and then his order comes. <laughs> I miss is, that. Is that a cop thing? Is that how, a old guy How thing? jealous are you of that? That would be so perfect for you. Very. There was clearly a line. He just screamed out two coffees and then two coffees come. <laughs> Niles being a gun nut is so funny because it's like a five-year-old talking about a new toy. I, this, so I, I, it, we'll get to that in the next scene. I, Marty is so confusing here. Well, I, yeah, he like seems like he's not interested in shooting guns anymore. He's just like, yeah, I like going to the gun range twice a year. What is what? And then I've had my fill. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry, I, that part did not seem that weird to me. What was weird about that? Because that's a weird like, amount of thing that's time to want to go to a gun range for, to go out to a gun range. Like that's like a big event. I was going to say that. And especially because he's somebody who's talked about guns a lot already in this show. Yeah, then, he has a gun under his gun underneath his bed. You're saying that going box. to the gun range shouldn't be a big event, but he's treating it like one. No, the opposite. It's, it's like, it's not a nothing activity. And he's like, I like to do exactly twice a year. And then I've had my fill. Well, I'm confused by that. What if it's not enough? If it's a, if it is an event, wouldn't it be something you do occasionally, not frequently? No, not if you love doing it. I, I like 
you either love going to the gun range or you don't. There's no like, oh, I'm like, I'm, I like casually shooting at a gun range. So great line, Niall says. This country was built by gun-toting square dancers. Yeah, I just yeah. like that. Just, just thought that was a weird. This, 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 we've we've quickly spiraled out of the Niall's character, which no. that can happen. You touch a gun, sometimes you shoot it, it feels right. You suddenly change your personality. That does happen. That tracks. Any, anytime, anytime Niles like tries to be a, a normal American is always funny. Also, no joke. When I said normal American, I put quotation marks like you guys could see me doing that. That's a true story. <laughs> what, Bradley, what else does a normal American do? I can feel the quotation marks there. Uh, right. They, they shoot guns. They uh, have sex with their woman. And they uh, and as we learn in this scene, at the end of the scene, he gets invited to go to a gun show. So they go to gun shows. Yeah, I don't know what a gun show is. Well, I, I we'll would go to, to that. that as a non-gun nut. I would go to that. We'll get to that. Well, it's funny. This is not really the same. I'm not a tattoo guy, but I once was um, offered to go to a tattoo convention, and I almost went. Uh, that is see. definitely not that the is, same. <laughs> that is, by the way, that's not a story. I thought I was, was once invited to something I didn't go to. <laughs> What? Well, now oh, I've heard of a thing. Now I'm going to go to a tattoo convention and we're going to talk all about it. I'd go to a tattoo convention with you. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, we're getting drunk though. I'm not. I'm not doing that sober. I thought you were going to say you've never had a tattoo on your body, but you've been a tattoo. Like somebody got your face on their body. <laughs> oh, a Bradley. That would tattoo? be anyone. Anyone in their fantasy leagues right now? Fantasy football. If you lose, get Brad's face tatted on your butt. I think that's a good punishment. No ideas. Not on your butt, on your uh, left ankle. So is that how fantasy leagues work? You're supposed to be punished if you lose? Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. You can't just lose the league. You, huh. you need to make sure they got some stakes so they keep trying when they're clearly out of the running. That's why That's why I'm not in uh, – I can't do fantasy. I lost the league, and I'm contractually obligated Tattoo, not to Tattooed your own league. face to your butt. No, i contractually not obligated to be in a league for 30 years. But when that's up, I can be back. All right. Roz is a shoe-in for the job, but fears it is because Woody is thinking with his woodpecker. Thankfully, she was wrong about having slept with him. Turns out, she slept with his dad. All right, nice little, nice little scene intro by you, Curtis. I will give you I, that. Scene uh, intro is basically <laughs> the whole scene. Well, there's it's not, a very short scene. Much, yeah, there's not much to talk about. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. Were you the only one that kind of thought, what, do you think they'll cast the same actor to play Woody Wiswell? Part of me was like, I feel like they're going to mess it up and have a different actor play him. Well, we've only seen it the other way, so. Correct. I, did, I didn't know we'd be seeing this guy twice. <laughs> so, so, so how could I think that? We know that he was sexually harassing her, right? Like, she says she wants to leave the job because assume, her new yeah, boss. We assume so. Is her, her new boss is, like, constantly hitting on her. So he knows she slept with his, what is it with fathers and sons chasing the same women in this show? What is going on? Oh, oh wait, so wait, wait. We don't, we don't know what he's alluding to. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird at first. We don't know what he was alluding to. I mean, this is just a formality. Trust me, I know what you can do. Really? Yeah, I, uh, I already told the guys about you. What exactly did you tell them? Oh, you know, how incredible you are. We make the assumption that he's being creepy and he's referring to her like sleeping with him. Yeah, when he people. when he says she's really talented, like he might no, just no, no, be no, 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 no. I know, I know the innuendo. It turns out to be not innuendo at all. He's just talking about her actual performance. I'm saying, say? I'm saying, in like two episodes from now, she's going to say to Niles, "It's about my new job. It's a nightmare." Didn't you just start today? Yes, my boss already hit on me. Oh, I didn't remember I, that at all. I, I t- yeah, well, I didn't either, but I'm going to act like I did. I took that more as, you know, that's just the radio business in Seattle. I was looking well, yeah, at more he seemed like a He seemed like a creep in general. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the way that, let's say he was talking about how talented she was at work. Like, the way he says it, there's still, like, a creepy vibe he's given off. Yeah, he's very creepy. No, what I mean is Yeah, dead. but I, my, my point is, if you had somebody... Oh, oh, that is that is fun. <laughs> yeah, he knows she slept with his, his father, and he apparently goes on sexually harassing her. That's really crazy. Yes, oh. okay, it finally lands what I'm getting at. We're, we're really good at this show, guys. Well, yeah, I, in the Upside Down, we don't think we're going to meet the guy that was sexually harassing her, all right? You kind of, like, discard these 
as one-offs. I will take credit for not doing a, a proper enough job uh, setting uh, the scene for, for what I was referring to. Thank you. Um, man, that is wild, though. Just like, oh, well, my dad's been there. I guess I should go, too. Oh, the Wiswells. They're crazy. I mean, I know you were making a joke there, but it still creeped me out so bad you saying that. Uh, yeah, that's what's happening, though, in this world. You're right. Fathers are terrible in the Frasier universe. And sons. True. Yeah. Ugh. Shit. All right. <laughs> Niles, Daphne, and Marty go to the gun show with Niles' new friends. They turn out to be, as Daphne puts it, those militia people. So this is a weird scene because Niles is both very responsible. Of course, you would never keep a gun around Daphne's mom. We've known her for about 10 minutes. You definitely wouldn't do that. But then also, you know, is about to go into a real compound. Like this is a this is a crazy scene for him. Top to, top to bottom. He's invited to a compound in Idaho by some gun toting guys. And his reaction is like the Kennedys. Yeah, which is really funny because I don't know why he thought those guys would be anything like the Kennedys. Oh, he had that. He had those rose colored glasses that were gun shaped. Well, my whole thing is I was very disappointed that we didn't really get to get the full gun show experience. Like we just, we just, we just saw like a booth. I wanted to really like see what the gun show was all about. Meet some I of think the you saw most of the gun show. I don't think those are as big as you expect them to be. Oh, I see the gun show every day when I look at my own body. Yeah, so you know it's not very big. Yeah, I have two guns on me. I call them Mannheim and Steamroller. You two could choose to disagree with me. I would not fit in in a militia. It's not for me. You could be maybe the cult leader. You'd have a tough time being a follower. Yeah, I would end up just... What was your line earlier about how do you have authority? <laughs> oh, Schwergen, Bergen, Forgen, Lurgen. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, yes. Oh, how are you at authority? Uh, so this was, this is, I think, the first time we've seen Daphne and Marty on the same team. And they, they were a really good team, really cohesive. Kind of seemed like Niles could be their kid. He does get very chipper about that. Yes, chipper is a good way to describe Niles like half the time. Yeah. In fairness to him, though, the compound guys were very supportive. Like, yes, they were going to try to overthrow the government, but like they were a good friend to Niles for the four minutes they were friends. In 2003, I think this is a somewhat plausible idea that there are these guys who are really approachable and down to earth and friendly, but they have some kooky ideas and are a little bit scary It once you are let into their world. But like... When you just see on the news the what this has devolved into, like I'm not sure Niles would have ever seen them as anything but crazies. Well, yeah, today. We're, we're we're not talking about 2023 gun nuts. We're talking about 20. We're talking about 2003. 20 exactly. years ago, they were very approachable people. It was a good community. I do when he flips that when he realizes they're nuts though. It, that is a nice moment. <laughs> He's a little bit uh, blinded by those rose-colored gun-shaped glasses, but when. <laughs> When the blinds are open, hopefully. <laughs> when he's tipped off, they might be those militia crazies and gets any evidence supporting that. He runs like hell. In, in fairness, it's explicit evidence. <laughs> they say it outright. Usually people are a little more cagey with that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, we'll just overthrow the government when the time comes. Yet another work scene for Frazier. Don't worry, no work is being done. Roz announces she landed the gig and Julia agrees to date Frage. Look at that, Be- bookending the episode with work scenes. Wild stuff. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what Frasier universe I'm in right now. I was really excited for her to get the job, even though I know she's going to take it and then not take it and then take it and then not take it. But I was really excited for her. Is anybody surprised that in a uh, the final scene for Ross, it involves her getting congratulated and missed? No, no. Every Frasier, scene. Frasier's consistent this episode. Another good, another good jo- a jab at her, though. I just don't understand how this sort of thing can happen. Don't you look at faces? <laughs> so good. Next, you know, Julia enters the scene and R- Fraser tries to chase her down. And it seems like she's trying to avoid him. But to avoid him, she goes into his like radio booth. Yeah, that that was a weird. That was a yeah, weird I thought that's because she had to go there. Like she had a, a show coming up that she was going to have to record and she had to be in that booth. And that's why she was going there. But when the scene ends, she just leaves the room. I guess like there's I, no reason for her to go there if she was avoiding him. I looked at it as why more, go in there. I looked at it as more as she was sneaking in there, hoping that Fraser would see her sneaking in there because he's a moron. Every wall of that booth is made of glass. <laughs> it's all glass. Did you did you find her explanation more confusing? Like I have no idea why she kissed him after this scene. I could have <laughs> really weird. I could have guessed at first. She felt a rush of Fraser. 
She liked that he wanted her to do the right thing, kind of. It makes her seem like she's such a terrible person and she's only around terrible people that the one time someone's being nice. I don't think it was so much she liked that he wanted her to do the right thing. It was more that he was being nice to her. Like, no no ulterior motive. Yeah. Being, being, you know, thoughtful and kind and considerate of her. Correct. You know what the ladies love? Nice guys. Julia's a wild card, so I guess so. But good news, when Frazier gets kissed again, he does that weird hand thing. So that's back. I I, I didn't notice this. I, yeah, it was, it, was quicker. It, was, it was quicker the second time. Uh, it didn't linger as long. Yeah, he really holds it the first time. You're right. But yeah. I was so off put by that. I couldn't couldn't help it. Rachel plays this out with Daphne's mom returning to work. The crowd shuffles out rather than interact with her. It, it was a stupid joke, but I'm glad they, they actually wrapped it wrapped it all up. Are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? It was it was kind of cool. They wrapped up the earlier joke, so it was fine. I, uh, I'll get, it I'll, was fine. It was fine. Yeah. This is probably a bottom tier version of the of the tossed salad and scrambled egg scene. I get that people would be put off by her, but is everybody who goes to this coffee shop a regular? Is everybody there every day that they just know what she's like and avoid her? Well, if, and if you already had your coffee, it's weird to then leave the coffee shop just because she showed up. Like, you shouldn't really have to interact with her. It's very strange. And why is it, how is she, like a week from now, she is still employed by this place, but apparently they're losing <laughs> business because of her. She is very bad for business. That can't be a mystery to manage. Maybe she gets her shit together next next week. Who knows? We know we'll never get the scene where she gets shit canned. That's true, we, which we deserve. I can't believe they didn't write that one in. It would make yeah. the, her begging to stay in their apartment like way more sense. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Or why they would, she's like, I guess I'll just quit my job as I'm getting shipped out of this apartment. She never once mentions it. Yeah, you because she was ready to get on a flight when we last saw her. So, so you're <laughs> right. It, it does seem plausible that she would have already quit. Yeah, really bizarre. Also, apparently this place isn't paying enough that she could afford rent anywhere. She would have to immediately go back to her her other country. I mean, this was in this was Seattle. I think I think rent back then was like three fifty. Three fifty. Well, no wonder. <laughs> well, Brad, did you think this was a good episode of Frasier? Thanks for asking, buddy. Even though I actually liked the, the future episode, the next episode, not a fan of this one. There's a lot of sitcom tropes. There was a lot of jokes you just could not do in today's world. Can you hit me with the tropes that they went through? I'm not sure I agree that there's, it's tropey. Yeah. It I mean, was weird. <laughs> I, I mean, the whole like kiss out of nowhere thing is very like sitcom-y. For someone who That's is true. single, that does not happen in normal life. Maybe not to me. Um, there's that. There's <laughs> no one's whole... ever just randomly kissed me when I've been breaking into someone else's uh, place of work. The what whole, the hell? The whole doing something one time and becoming uh, obsessed with it, like him shooting the gun, very sitcom-y, very tropey. I believe, I believe you have never been to a shooting range it would take to it immediately. I um, have been to a shooting range, and uh, it, it's way too much money, and it's much slower paced. You like It have costs three fifty, Curtis. Could you believe that? Insane. Those prices. You have to wait your turn. You can't actually just randomly shoot a gun multiple times like he did. That's not how that works. Um, and you Brad, what's your letter grade? Sorry. Um, I was answering <laughs> so Mr. Sansone's so question. On the logistics. Yes. God. I give this a... Now I'm just angry. I give this a C minus, okay? One of my lowest grades. Everyone understands my grading system, so they'll get it. Um, it's a C minus. Really- it's really funny because usually we're like pulling teeth at this point, trying to get you to say anything about why you liked or didn't like the episode. And this time I'm like, shut the fuck up. I liked that. Wait, I liked how dejected Brad was giving his letter grade. I will just give a C minus. And next to give his report on this episode and to really inspire us with his words, I, would, I go to my colleague, my host, my leader, Curtis. Brad, that was really, that was really nice. Thank you, buddy. I have to say, I'm excited that I completely disagree with Brad, but I'm also really annoyed that I, I found his reasons compelling. I think he made really coherent points about why <laughs> it's tropey and uh, a little sitcom-y and, 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 and all that. But I just thought it was funny. I, I, I forgave all that because I, I just thought it was a funny episode. And I, I think yeah, this is the best one of the arc. So, uh, yeah, 7 out of 26. This is uh, not as good as the Guns and Neurosis episode. Also a gun episode. Wow. And uh, better than Placeholder. Better than the last Ann episode we saw. Ryan, Ryan, just wait what Curtis is saying. This is 142nd out of 260. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've really set yourself up for a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, what about you? 
Yeah, uh, I think I'm a little. I'm sorry. Let me let me try that again. Uh, my co- my great colleague Ryan, I would like just you to indulge us in telling you what you thought of this episode, please. Are you doing a bit? That, that that's how you should do that part. <laughs> yes, that was good. <laughs> I'm definitely splitting the difference on you guys. I don't. It's clearly not top seven episode. No, it's it's another one where I, it's I'm having a really hard time separating the Julia. Epi- like this episode from the Julia arc, like it's just bringing it down a little bit because I'm so disappointed with it and how, in- at this point, how inconsistent it's been, how long it's going. I, at no point does anyone buying that Julia and Frazier are going to last forever in any phase of this arc. So I don't get it. I don't get why we're doing it forever, but also like the episode. Yeah, it wasn't that good. I'm I'm actually leaning closer to you, Brad. I liked the weird pair. This is an episode of weird pairings. You had uh, Marty and Daphne. You had Daphne and Frasier interactions. I guess really we're just seeing Daphne do stuff. So I guess that's unique <laughs> for me. I, d- I don't know. Having a hard time reconciling that, I guess. Um, but no, Eddie. So that's a plus. guess we'll give it a five, eight. I, I think that's fair. Um, I think I like this in large part because I think it, it is uplifted by a strong B plot. The Niles plot I thought was great. The Fraser Julia stuff, the Ross stuff, it's fine. It doesn't drag it down for me, but um, the thing that made me like it so much was definitely the Niles plot. Niles is a much, much more tolerable character so far in season 10. He's, he's equally funny without being as horrible as he is in the next season. Which, as, as you know, he's about to become a father, so it makes sense that he's transitioning into a monster. Yeah, it is. It's weird. Brad, last week we read a summary of a spinoff series about Roz, written by the mysterious internet fan, Paul B. And you wanted to get in on the action and have written your own summary of a Frasier spinoff series. Care to tell us about it? Before he talks, I am so excited. This is easily the thing I've been looking forward to the most since finding out Frasier is going to get punched in the face. Thank you. I actually went one step farther and wrote out episodes. We asked you to write one show and you're like, yeah. I wrote eight. So I so I wrote I wrote an eight episode. It's going to be a limited series. Okay, it is a prequel series about this character. It's a prequel series. To, for tonight, I'm going to go over the over the overarching uh, themes, and then I'm going to go talk through the first two episodes that I've written. And for those of you listening at home, we're wondering, well, Bradley seems like such an interesting, busy guy. How did he have time to do this? I did it in the middle of a boring meeting. You know we're you know we're never coming back to the segment, right? We're not going to hear the other six. You know that, right? Oh, we will, we will. You're going to be inspired. My <laughs> favorite part is that he's announcing that in a work meeting he was working on this, and the only people that listen to the show are his coworkers that he insists <laughs> and like forces them to listen. Yeah, Correct. he's directly insulting one of our listeners. Correct. I was really inspired by one character who was in, I think, about 45 seconds of this episode, and really just all of his performances, Station Manager Kenny. Oh, good. Okay. So the name of this series, because my colleagues on the show continue to call him Kenny Powers, even though it's not his name, for right now, the name of the show is going to be called Powered by Kenny. That's actually weirdly, like, yeah, that's so middle of the pack, like, (laughs) you have to make it better or worse. It's not, it's not your usual Brad name. Five paragraphs long. Um, yeah, which those are funny. Or you could do a better pun even, but yeah. what was it? Powered by Kenny. Um, really bad. Really bad. Can we, can is, we punch that up real quick? I'm trying right now in my head to punch it up, and I just don't have anything. Well, let me tell you about the show, and then you can get punchy, buddy. Okay. Um, the Call to Powers? Possibly. This is going to be an eight-episode prequel uh, series, okay? It is basically going to take this adventure of this young Kenny from his life through different parts of his life until he becomes station manager KAC. He will be really the only main character. There's going to be episodes that come in and out based on the different parts of his life that are taking place in that episode. Okay, so far, hor- horrible plot. This and really, so bad. The whole point of the show is he is he has no skills. He has no, he's not good at anything, but he just kind of like falls into things. Like they kind of talked about how he's not cut out to be the station man, but he just, you know, is. Do you want to hear about episode one? Yeah, yeah. Your description was so bad. <laughs> Thank you. I swear to God, I fell asleep. I'm standing up. <laughs> But I fell asleep listening to you explain what the show is. Well, let me let me tell you about season. Let me tell you about episode so one. Okay. Were you when you were writing this? Were you channeling the boredom you were feeling in that meeting? Just just wait till you hear episode one. <laughs> I totally totally belonged in a boardroom. 
and just no <laughs> one is everyone's writing their own pilots about Kenny Powers. I don't, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Kenny is a teenager in Clearwater, Florida. He's a large kid. He doesn't really have a lot of friends. He doesn't really have a lot of interest, but he also does not shut the fuck up. And he talks about everything. He happens to be a big fan of the band Fleetwood Mac. But he can't seem to get tickets because they're so expensive. And like he has no friends. So he starts doing like odd jobs. I don't, I'm sorry, pause. I don't buy that Kenny's doing any jobs. Well, he's doing. I, like, I don't even really, know how he's gainfully employed in this show. How odd are these jobs? You'll see him in one episode just shucking an old lady's cord, and he gets paid a hundred dollars <laughs> for shucking her cord. A hundred dollars? And what, yeah. what is it set in like nineteen? 19- 85 or something yeah, well, how many like how many corns did he shuck was it like it was, two because that would be no it was like a hundred corn uh, oh he's doing uh, like a buck a corn yeah a buck a corn and then like in another scene you'll see him he's just shaving an old lady's armpits does he only <laughs> work for old ladies we're in clearwater florida it's clearwater florida Kurt. yeah is it the same old lady though it's definitely the same old lady no it's her sister Who- Who's the old lady played by? No, it's it's her sister, and it's the same actress. Yes, perfect. So he, he gets all this money. He's about to buy the tickets, and he gets robbed. He gets okay. robbed. He gets beat up. This is Ep 1? Yeah, and he's really sad, okay? Can but we call then, it the Fleetwood attack? But then he trips and falls into into um, um, uh, mud. I don't know why that word was so hard for me. <laughs> you saying that was um, hard to say? And as he's getting up... <laughs> and what, what does he fall in? I just, and I don't as know. he's as he's getting up, he looks to the side and sees tickets to a Fleetwood Mac hunt. What? Um, so he's able in the, to go. In the mud? In the mud. In the mud. Is this Why? a mirage? Are these mirage <laughs> tickets? He just got really lucky. Because... 100% mirage tickets. Um, so that's episode one. He's got a concussion. <laughs> you ready for episode? If, if you liked episode one, wait till you hear episode two. He yeah. wakes up in the hospital. No, no, no. So this and is, there's remember, zombies no. everywhere. No, this is transitioning to different parts of the so now he's a freshman in college, Florida State. Can I just say, can I, before you continue, the format is very annoying. I know. Um, and he, he's a freshman at Florida State University. <laughs> so you got you have a different actor playing Kenny every episode. No, it's it's the same. It's a prequel, but it's played by the same actor who played oh, Kenny in Frasier. Absolutely. Um, he's fifteen, but he's played by that guy. And he keeps. He keeps Wait, how, how are you signifying that he's younger? Tell me both both episodes. He's just in college, and he's in high school. Me. What do you mean he's just in college and just in high school? Most of the episode, he's working for old ladies. Yeah, <laughs> it will be obvious when you see it on film. How will, how um, will it be obvious? Paint me a picture. He's going to be wearing a backpack. And then how are you doing college? How are you he'll distinguishing be, them? He'll be in a dorm. Carrying a keg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, well, he's a, he's a freshman. He's really not doing well with he's, the ladies. He's like in math class so, and he's carrying a keg. The, the ladies are really just not into him. And again, he's creepy The old ladies out. or is there younger ladies in Clearwater, Florida at this point? He's a fr- no. He's at Florida State. He's a freshman um, at Florida State, and he's just not doing well with the other girls. Like, they're just not. They're not into him. But one day, this episode is not as thought out. One day, he, he's at, he's at a party. Just listen. <laughs> listen to this joke, and it all makes sense. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. That's too great. That's too funny. Um, this he, one isn't as thought out. He he. Um, this girl is like really drunk and really into him um, because. She's so she misses her parents and she misses being back home and she thinks she feels that Kenny reminds her of Barney, so she sleeps what? with him because what she, she, she reminds him of Barney. Do you know what the, jokes are? Can I can I do my Barney voice? Uh, yeah. Is that what this is all about? Is that why you wanted to do this? No, but now I'll take credit for it. Hey, boys and girls, it's Barney. You have to explain why he reminded her of Barney. Why oh, college college Kenny, who's carrying around a keg, and she just sees him, is like, oh, there's the big purple dinosaur. Yeah, he's wearing a purple shirt, and he doesn't stop talking. And That sounds more like Grimace than Barney. <laughs> yeah, definitely not the plot of Barney, that he just that never could... shuts up. Curtis, we can do Grimace when we do the Canadian. What? You still have to explain why why you think he's how she at all got barney other than purple shirt that doesn't do it well you know we'll, we'll work on that and we'll get back to no you. we will not work out we're working on it right now maybe maybe his introduction to her he said i love you you love me <laughs> um but See, I, I, Dad, that's a joke that's a joke you have to do stuff like that <laughs> you said she he reminds her of barney and as hard as it is to believe why she would feel that way I want to know how you convey to the audience that is what she was feeling. Oh, Does she great. say that? She's so drunk. All she's doing is talking about 
um, late 80s, early 90s cartoon characters and mascots from various shows. So, like, she's like, man, I think um, the guy from Frosted Flakes commercial is so hot. Tony, Tony the, the guy. Tony the Tony the so, so hot. Wait a minute. What? Thank you. And the next thing she knows is, wow, let me look up. And I see, is that Barney? Wait, does she narrate to herself? Let me look up. And then looks up. No, she's like talking to her friends and she's like, man, I wonder if there's anybody God, here that guys, looks like I just think I just think Tony the Tiger was so hot. I just loved his frosted flakes. Yeah, she's want- like she's like, I really would love a mascot or a cartoon character or This woman does not have friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. She's definitely talking to the wall. <laughs> well she's drunk. She's drunk, so it's very hard to tell if these are actually her friends or just two other drunk girls she's talking to. Uh, yeah, you know what? If, if a drunk girl's talking about how hot she thinks Tony the Tiger is, you're listening. You're you're joining yeah. into that conversation. You're just like, uh, my yes, point is not that nobody's listening. My point is that she doesn't have friends. Yeah, let these me, are not her friends. Let me change that. I said two people, and actually she's going to be talking to three people. Sorry. Um, but, oh, that's a really important clarification. Thank you. Yeah. Good update. And then she's like looking around. She's like, man, is that Barty? Is that our playful dinosaur? Do you know how many times I've sexually thought about Barney? Yeah. What a great day. Yeah. And if I didn't say it already, this show will be on Logo. Logo has picked us up. No, no, they haven't. I don't know what that is, but it's there's no chance that they're picking this one up. I'm not even sure if Logo still exists, but I, it definitely didn't pick this up. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it still existed either, but... You're, Best case, Skinamax, it's probably not happening. That's only episodes one and two. You have six more episodes you get to hear about it from me. Boy, I doubt it. I, I doubt they're going to hear about those. I'm not sure they're going to hear about these two. But here's a little <laughs> teaser. He's a senior He's a senior in college in the next episode. Just a little teaser. What a tease. That's what they call me, Bradley Kirkston, the tease. Wow, that really petered out, huh? Real no finale on that one, huh? No. Not a strong start. Definitely not a finale. That's the end. Doesn't... Have to be a whole big thing every single time. You know? Sometimes things just sort of end. Ryan, why don't you tell us what uh, we can expect to ha- come to an end next week when we watch the previous episode, season 10, episode 22, Fathers and Sons. Frazier's kid, who definitely has a name, gets marooned on an island. Oh, you think Freddy's coming back for this one? Well, it has to be, right? Fathers and Sons. At this point, we only know of someone who's both a father and a son. Yeah, but you think a, de- a deserted island? Yeah, so I think I think uh, Marty's going to take, uh, I don't remember, Freddy. Sorry, I, I know I should be super familiar. We've seen him exactly one time. Truth. But uh, I think Marty's going to take him out fishing because Frasier never does anything with him. The implausible part of this guess is that this show would both remember and include Freddy in it was It was hard for me to write it because I forgot about him. It's like, who who possibly... How We don't know of multiple fathers. It's like, oh, we know of exactly two at this point. <laughs> well... That's going to do it for us. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. Thank you for listening. Probably best, probably genuinely for the best, if you just don't engage with this show anywhere on the internet. But if you want to, it's Reverse Psych Pod. ReversePsychPod at gmail.com. If you want to email us directly and tell us about a bad job we're doing. Uh, For myself, for Ryan, for Brad, Brad just walked in. I'm just over here eating mug cake. You gotta um, knock it off, buddy. You, yeah, but- you gotta knock that off. How much mug cake are you getting tonight? It's a big what, mug. What is a big what's a big mug? 14 ounces? What are we talking about? It's not measured. I don't know. Like pick a picture a standard mug. Now make it a little fatter. Are you talking 10 ounces a standard or 12 ounce? 12 fluid ounce. <laughs> there exactly. you go. That's actually my standard though. You, if you're throwing a 10 ounce my way, get out of here. I'm trying to drink coffee, not splash around in the mud. You know it's going to be a good episode of the podcast when we're talking about sizes of coffee mugs. I think they do that a lot on the show. <laughs> well, why did they get... like? Curse, are you fucking eating food? again? Yeah. No, no, I'm not. Jesus Christ. Get a hold of yourself. God. You have a problem. God, what are you, Bradley Jr.? Like, this is crazy. How is there so much fucking cake? I don't understand. <laughs> why can't you fucking wait till the end of the show? Well, like, for me, I... Really love, for instance, microwave cake. Oh my god! I love microwave cake, and I. But I'm not going to eat every day. I blow up. I, I have it, you know, once or twice a year, mostly during records. Yeah, but here's the difference, Curtis. You're not a retired microwave cake guy. He's a retired cop. You Who's... should be a fucking micro, a retired microwave cake guy. Please retire that activity. I'm not saying what he should be. I'm saying what he is, Ryan. What? <laughs>
<laughs> why'd you hit that note so hard? I wasn't mad. I was, <laughs> I was saying, I, I wasn't mad at you, Brad. I was saying Curtis should retire that activity. And I was defending my friend. What? <laughs> oh God. The cake man is back. <laughs> you have to stop eating cake on the show, dude. It's really hard. It's so good. Why is what? there so much of it? If I get yelled at for going, God, you dude, put the cake, oh. put the fucking cake. Put the fucking cake down. I'm the only person. I'm the only mature one. The only right, person not, on the show. We're not going forward until you finish this stupid ass cake, Curtis. <laughs> God. I'm, I'm really, I'm really. You are weird. so out of it. It's right. fucking crazy. Right. Is this what it's like to deal with me? It's exactly what it's like to deal with you. It's fucking exhausting. Yeah. Now I get it. This is terrible. I, it's very I, frustrating. It's like three hours into this record. It's still warm. Fucking leave the room with it. Put it in another room. I, I genuinely don't know uh, if it will come off as funny or just straight up annoying. So I just keep doing it in the hopes that it's funny. I got good news. It's annoying as piss. Okay. God, there, we can't have two Brads on the show. What Brad's enough? A group of friendly, salt-of-the-earth target practice, target practice enthusiasts. <laughs> I was going to target um, practice. This is why you don't eat cake. I don't know if the, there will be a lot of bonus content. I don't know if there will be any uh, regular content. 